Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're going to talk about welcoming guests aboard and the things that you might want them to know beforehand and once they arrive. We will be talking about that topic with Scott and Karen Duvall of Capable Cruising, who are some of our gold loopers and now sponsors. Before we introduce Karen and Scott, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Karen and Scott Duvall, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us again. Yes, and I know you've been uh, cruising for the last several days trying to get a little further south for warmer weather. How has the water been out there? Yes, we have. Uh, we've had a, a couple of nice days where we actually traveled uh, outside uh, of the ICW, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, and you're headed... Us... Go ahead, Karen. That got us... I'm sorry, that got us further south, where today we actually had 70-degree weather here in Charleston, so we were very happy with that. Yes, and you're heading from the Chesapeake towards where are you headed for the winter? Fort Myers. We'll be at uh, Fort Myers for probably about six months this winter. Yeah, Fort Myers is such a looper hotspot for the winter, and of course, Looper Palooza is coming up there in January. Um, so we will see you there for sure. Mm, you bet. Yeah, yeah we're looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people we traveled with are are, are going to be there or are already there, so we're looking forward to getting there and seeing them. Yeah, the Gold Looper reunion. Um, I think we've got close to sixty people registered for that already, so it's going to be a great and large reunion. And the um, the Looper lifestyle section that you are speaking at has one hundred and ten people registered at this point, and the route briefing has, I think, also about sixty. So it's going to be another. Big event, probably the biggest looper palooza we've had in quite a while. And for listeners who are curious about that, um, it is under the events menu on our website. You can find all the details there. And it is January 22nd through 24th in Fort Myers, Florida. So, of course, right now it is uh, Thanksgiving weekend is when this is going to be played. We're recording it a little bit ahead of time. But as the holidays are upon us, it seemed like this was a great time to talk about welcoming guests aboard. Because welcoming guests to your boat is a little bit different in some ways than welcoming guests to your home. Um, so, uh, Scott and Karen, let's start. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, I hear all the time that people are buying their looping boat and they say they want extra staterooms for those that plan to come to visit. Um, do a lot of people do that? And is, in your opinion, saving that extra stateroom or, or purchasing a boat with that extra stateroom for the guests that plan to come a worthwhile endeavor? Well, in our experience and with talking to others, um, we, there's just not that many that actually do come aboard. We had a lot of people say they wanted to, and um, it just, in reality, just never really happened. Um, we did have some people come aboard, but on, when you're on the loop, you're moving all the time. So that, that makes most of the time you're moving all the time, and so that makes it a little more difficult for people to plan. But, um, yeah, we just didn't have that many come, and I don't think others did either. A couple of people we talked to had a number of guests, but most people, they, they found they just didn't have uh, the, the visitors they thought they were going to. Yeah, so whether it's worth 
not. I'm not, wasn't having that extra room aboard a boat for the loop. Um, depends on, I think, if you're going to keep the boat afterwards. And if you can tolerate people aboard your boat for just a short visit, which is usually all it's going to be, um, then I think whatever you're comfortable with for yourselves is most important. Yeah. Well, most often when we do looper crawls at our events and get, get to board lots of different boats, um, lots of those extra staterooms are being used for storage, which is a nice thing to have. Um, but I also, you know, they're not readily available to guests, mostly because those people are not having the guests <laughs> on a regular basis. Um, and of course, no. as you both know, if you have that space on a boat, you're going to find stuff to put in it for storage. But if you don't have it, you don't necessarily miss it. So, um, right. One of the things we found, uh, because we're, we're kind of professional guests now, since we travel <laughs> with boats, uh, is uh, that we, we do displace some things. And uh, when we leave, we know those things are going back in that same area where we've been staying for mm -hmm. those days. So yeah. that, that is something to be said for that. Well, I think another option um, is planning where your guests might come when you are stationary, which, as you mentioned, you're going to be in Fort Myers for an extended period of time. But even those on the loop usually spend, you know, more time in the winter in Florida or the Bahamas because, frankly, they don't want to be moving north where the, the cold weather is. Um, and, of course, in those areas, there's lots of hotels nearby. So, um, you know, Karen, I think, said something about how long you can manage to have guests on your boat. But sometimes it's nice to have them stay at a nearby hotel and come visit you when you're stationary. And I talk to a lot of loopers who do that. Have you had that same experience where, you know, Fort Myers or the Keys or where... It's where the visitors want to come anyway. We've, we've had a couple of um, fellow loopers that have done that where um, they looked for a marina that was at a hotel specifically so that they could have the whole family come down rather than just trying to stuff a few people or stuff everybody into the small space on the boat. And then they usually have amenities like pools and things with the grandkids. And, and we've had quite a few people that we knew did that mm -hmm. versus having them aboard. Right. So let's say that you do have guests who um, want to come and are planning to come while you're looping. You know, they want part of that experience, not just to come while you're um, sitting in the Keys for a couple weeks, as delightful as that would be. <laughs> um, what's the best way to do that? Because we, we preach to everyone the most dangerous thing you can have on a boat is a schedule. But, of course, guests who are not current loopers live in the real world where schedules are important and schedules exist. So how do you make arrangements to, to meet guests that want to join you when you don't necessarily know where you'll be when? Right. We, we, we tell people, and we heard this from somebody else, uh, they can pick their time or they can pick the place. You can't have both, usually. Because mm -hmm. uh, weather is so dependent on, on traveling. Um, so people have to be flexible on, uh, you know, either the time or where they're going to fly into or, or travel to with you. Uh, that's where if you're going to be in an area for a long period of time, it does, it does make it easier. Um, one of the things to keep in mind is, you know, uh, we, we found that a day's travel by tra at trawler speed is about an hour's drive by car. So if somebody does show up and they travel three days with you, you're only about three hours drive to get them back to their originate, you know, the original point that they, they were, uh, came from. So if, if, uh, you know, they're going to fly into a, a town and you're not quite there yet, it may be as easy as renting a car going and picking them up. 
and then delivering them back to that same spot where they they, they flew into or arrived at. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they float. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I'm glad that that you both brought that up because I think a lot of people don't realize that is if somebody's coming for a long weekend, even if you travel for that weekend, it's still uh, reasonable to have them come and go from the same airport or city or uh, place that they left their car. Um, I, I remember when I was much younger and my parents had just bought their first trawler, um, and they took off on a trip, and I had something went wrong, weather, you know, consistent weather delays, um, everything you could think of, one of those trips. And they called back home and uh, my mom was just, you know, just a wreck. She just wanted to get back home. And my sister and I looked at each other and thought, they've been gone for 10 days, but they're really only two hours from here. <laughs> so why don't we just hop in a car and go get them? And I think, you know, the point to that is I think a lot of people just think boat, think moving and expect that you go these vast distances. But at trawler speed or what is often called looper speed, uh, a long weekend may only be a few, a few hundred miles of, of travel. So that's a really good point. Um, so, but I guess the key there also is for the guest to be flexible on exactly when you may pick them up or, or where they're going to be meeting you. So uh, definitely a key point there. Um, the other thing that I think may be challenging for guests that maybe don't have the same boating experience as you is for them to really kind of understand a little bit ahead of time what life is like aboard. Um, so how much do you communicate with them if, if you're bringing guests aboard or now that you, you know, you bring people aboard for the, the taste of the loop, how much do you communicate with them ahead of time about what it's like and, and, you know, the things they need to know about packing and how much stuff to bring and things like that? There's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big, long question. <laughs> well, uh, we, we've actually got kind of a, a list and, and um, having a, a list of reminder type things um, to pack. First of all, like sunscreen and sunglasses for those who are coming from the state of Michigan where there's no sun for the entire winter practically. <laughs> um, you know, having a, a, a little packing tip list is often helpful so that they have the comfort things they need. But equally as important, it's is to let them know that there is limited space on a book and you don't need to bring very much stuff. If you're if they're coming for four days, you know, and look at the weather and kind of help guide them that you need swimsuit and towels or, you know, that kind of stuff. And also just tell them that they um, probably should pack in a soft, like a duffel bag type of thing because suitcases don't work well on a boat. There's really very few boats that have appropriate space to store a big old suitcase. So we always encourage them to um, bring us like a soft type bag that can be stuffed somewhere under a bed or um, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, the big, the big thing is deck appropriate shoes. Um, they do need to know that ahead of time so they can get deck appropriate shoes and have them comfortable before they get on board. And really deck appropriate shoes and maybe some beach shoes is all they're going to need. They don't need dress shoes. They don't need high heels. And we encourage people to, um, for a dress up night for an evening to go out, we often just say collared shirt and khakis in your boat shoes is the is really all you need <laughs> for for most most things that you do from a boat. Right. So 
First of all, I think the soft-sided luggage thing, the duffel bag thing, is a great tip because if people have not boated or RV'd before, uh, they may not realize what a significant difference that makes in the room you have to move around once you've unpacked. Um, the second thing there is, is you talked a little bit about deck-appropriate shoes. For those mm -hmm. who are novices or, you know, if they're welcoming guests who have never been aboard, do you go into further detail about what that specifically means? We, we do, um, we, partly because of we don't want marring shoes to mark the deck and slippery. There's two, two real important things there. Um, the cheap flip-flops are probably some of the slipperiest shoes that can be on a boat. Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, we try to give them some idea of, of what's appropriate. And they usually ask, well, I have this kind of shoe, what do you think about that? And so we usually send them that information and then um, we often will get questions back because they don't want to buy a $50 pair of shoes just for four days on your boat. So there might be things that are appropriate that that aren't really a quote-unquote deck shoe. It can be as simple as uh, a good pair of tennis shoes that have a light-colored sole, a non-marking sole, that's all. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to of boat shoes per se. Okay. But that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what. Anything else you do to set the stage beforehand? Um, and do you, uh, well, let's start there. <laughs> any, any other tips for setting the stage beforehand? Well, you did uh, uh, kind of bring up a good point. You, you mentioned uh, RV. If, if you know the people have been on an RV, just tell them it's a lot like that. It's like being in a camper or a, a motorhome. It's traveling like that. Very, very similar. A lot of uh, similarities in the two. Mm -hmm. so, and the other uh, question is, how, you know, how do you communicate this to your guests beforehand? Is it a simple conversation you have with them? You mentioned you kind of have a list. Is it something that you recommend people kind of send by email beforehand? Yeah, I'd recommend, uh, you know, coming up with it in advance and, and sending it because you'll, you'll have little tips and you'll probably want to send an email, you know, telling them about the area you're in just, uh, you know, that may change some of the things that they, they might pack if you find you're going to be uh, um, at a state park, you know, during that period. So you want some kind of shoe you can walk on around on shore comfortably and uh, that sort of thing. You know, also want you know, just like any anybody that's coming to visit, it, even at your home, you're going to discuss you know likes and dislikes as far as food and those types of things. Um, so, yeah, an email would be great. Then they actually have the list they can look through and right. Yeah, okay. try to maybe find out. Especially, we didn't really kind of have the thought of food on this uh, podcast, but food is a, an important thing knowing what their likes and dislikes are and kind of setting them up for, you know, you may not be doing as elaborate cooking if they're expecting mom to make your favorite meal that <laughs> takes 200 dishes that guess what kids, that's not going to happen on board. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I think this is a good place to take a quick break and play a message from our sponsors. When we come back, I want to jump into what you should do as kind of um an introduction to the boat when the guests arrive. So we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob Guides? Its mile-by-mile -mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, 
bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our guests today are Karen and Scott Duvall of Capable Cruising. And being that it's the holiday season, this is a great time to talk about welcoming guests aboard your boat. So we've talked about setting the stage before the guests arrive, but once they're there, what are the kinds of things you need to introduce them to on the boat that might be different than visiting you in your dirt house? Everything. A lot of things work different. (laughs) (laughs) You hope they work anyways. Um, A couple of things that we will go over is the the basic safety equipment, you know, uh, life jackets, make sure they, they are appropriate for the people, the guests you have um, size and that sort of thing. Make sure they understand how to put them on if that is needed. You hope never, Um, you know, uh, where your throwable is, flares, all the safety equipment, uh, fire extinguishers, um, you know, and while you're cruising, you bring up, you know, a man overboard, explain how you would handle a man overboard, what you would expect if they see someone to fall over, what you would, would expect them to to do, as far as at least yelling, somebody fell overboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from there, we, we kind of, you know, do a walkthrough of the boat. I mean, you don't have to show them every system, but make sure at least they know how to operate the biggie, the head, <laughs> and uh, uh, the lights you know heat you know because those are all a lot more unusual and in different locations than you would in a house Mm -hmm. those those types of well you're um, and you're right that the head is the biggie for guests because it is it is it is different from home um and it's something that may take an adjustment for some people and of course there are different kinds of marine heads but any tips um for making and and also those are the nightmare stories I've heard about guests on board <laughs> is something going wrong with the head because nobody wants to have to deal with that. But um, any tips or any thoughts on, you know, ways to really drive it home <laughs> to your guests that this is not the same as at, at your house? Yeah, we have one very good tip for that. We tell them that if you break it, you get to help fix it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> usually it means too much toilet paper down the down the head or they put something inappropriate down the head so we do kind of after we kind of preface it with that we show them and they pay very close attention to how to use the head and show them how it works and just the importance of what sh- especially what should not go down the head mm-hmm. and um you know just um I don't know, just the big thing is, is just making sure they understand how to use it and what goes in it. And, you know, you've got a limited number of flushes. Let's face it, if we're going to be on board, um, that does, that means you should probably share the bathroom code at the marina with them. And one of our, one of our hints that we have that, that um, anytime we pull into a marina, and this doesn't, this can be for your guests or for you, is when they hand you that business card or that sheet of paper with the codes on it, take a picture of it. And then when you, inevitably, you're running to the to the bathroom and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't have the code. It's back on the boat six miles away at the end of the pier. Mm-hmm. And so we do, we take a photo of it and then we also either share it with our guests or um, have them take a picture as well so they have it just to make 
that process that much easier for them. Right. No, it's a, it's a good point though to bring up the limited number of flushes, but also you know the same applies to water. It's not the same endless supply that people are used to at home. So, do you give them any tips on you know if they're going to be showering aboard? Any tips? How much detail do you go into with how much water they should or should not use? Some of it depends. If we're if we're hooked up at a marina, you know, then the water pretty much is endless. Sure. It's the 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 self limiting factor is the water heater. That'll do it, <laughs> especially this yeah, time of year. Uh, yeah, you run out of hot water. Well, there it is. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if you're going to be out at anchor for a night or two, yeah, we, we try and explain what a sea shower is, where you you know just wet yourself, shut it off, soap, then rinse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's not the long hot shower you were hoping, but <laughs> right. <laughs> And then the other place that I hear um, from loopers that it gets a little dicey sometimes with guests is when they want to help, but maybe don't have a lot of experience or, you know, the two of you have a routine for locking through or anchoring or docking and the helpful guests who really wholeheartedly want to help end up getting in the way. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Do you just ask them to stay out of the way or do you give them uh, different jobs where they really can be helpful? What's your approach? Um, if I kind of ask them in the, in the beginning, um, what part do you want to play in this? Do you want to just sit on the back deck and, and uh, drink a Coke or do you want to, and let us talk about, or do you want to learn and enjoy it and get, get the experience of it? And if they want to, then we do just at least a mini training as far as, okay, this is the line that you're going to handle and here's how it's going to work. And this is what I want you to do. And I'm going to be just at the other end of the boat helping you. But if they get instructed to start with uh, telling them a little bit of what to do, um, they, it can be rewarding for them and they can be like, Oh my gosh, I just helped dock the boat. And, and, and it's exciting for them. Um, we've had, uh, like my cousin was on board and, he didn't want any part of any of it. He goes, I don't, I just, I don't want to do any of that. Is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely fine. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we are coming from a little different angle, seeing as that's what we do is mm-hmm. we like to teach people. So, you know, we, we encourage them if they, if they want to uh, uh, help out, you know, we, like you said, give them some specific tasks and, you know, in a safe area. Uh, if, if we feel comfortable with them doing that. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. You have to kind of gauge the, the people you have on board and what they are capable of. Sure. And if it's a dicey situation, then we we may just ask them to, you know, we're just going to do this, you know. Um, it's, it's current and wind and, and, you know, there's no room for error. So if it's okay, we just, we're just going to do this. And usually they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just kind of a last question um, as we move towards wrapping it up, just to kind of flip this a little bit. As uh, people who live aboard a boat, um, again, we're dealing with less space than most people have in their dirt homes. Uh, But most visitors are going to want to bring you a gift of some sort. And I've also heard from loopers of, um, you know, the most thoughtful and well-intentioned guests bringing something that was just too large or something that they really couldn't use and therefore couldn't really keep on the boat. So as live live aboards, um, 
what are some ideas for people that they can bring? You know, what would you appreciate a guest bringing to you? Um, if somebody really was dead set on bringing something, I, I guess, you know, something consumable, you know, uh, uh, if you like a certain kind of wine or, uh, you know, beverage uh, or a food, you know, maybe offered, uh, um, they would offer to bring, uh, supply one of the meals that we're going to cook, that sort of thing. You know, that's, that's a lot of fun. We, even in our own travels, um, we, we kind of came up with a, a rule that again, we probably stole from somebody else, but, uh, we don't, we don't bring it on the boat unless we eat it where or wake with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that one. I've also heard the one that, um, you know, if you bring, if you're shopping and you get a new sweatshirt that you're bringing aboard, one has to go. I like that too. I try to practice that at home <laughs> um, because otherwise things tend to pile up. So um, that's another good tip. Um, well, yeah, we, we heard of people doing that. And then uh, we, we heard uh, the guy loses three things for everything that the wife brings on board. So I, I don't know how that works. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we wrap up, any other any other tips or thoughts um, about when you have guests aboard? No, well, I think we covered it. Covered it yeah, pretty well. Covered it pretty well. I guess the only other thing is maybe just instilling in them that what the captain and crew say goes, especially if there's some sort of a problem. Um, it's very important because we know the boat, you know, or, or whoever has it's their boat. They know the boat. They know what to do. And if 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 we say put your life jackets on, put your life jackets on, you yeah. know. So just that yeah. command kind of thing, um, in a, especially in a trying situation. Sure. I hope that never happens, but you never know. Yep, and it makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of what you've described today kind of boils down to communication. And like like so many other things, if you communicate with those guests, it's going to make both sides of that equation a lot more simple. So Scott and Karen Duvall with Capable Cruising, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Charleston, and thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you thank very much. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to you too, Kim, yeah. and, and all, all our listeners out there. Same to you. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>